With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at luckylandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to the Managing Madrid podcast on a Sunday. I'm your host, Keon Sobani, joined by the great Matt Wilsey. We, we, are, we are recording this shortly after Real Madrid beat Cadiz. 3-0. Without. Here's the list. Thibaut Courtois. Edar Milisau. Vinicius Jr. Aurelion Chumeni. Eduardo Camavinga. Kepa Arizabalaga. Luckily. Oh, Prahim Diaz, by the way. Gastroenteritis. Last minute drop out of the squad, just like um, we expected. Another name peeling off unexpectedly day to day. And that wasn't ideal because Rodrigo, not feeling 100%, although the performance would say otherwise, he came into the starting lineup. Danny Ceballos came back today off the bench. Jude Bellingham looked awesome yet again. So thank God for a little bit of a break in the schedule. Thank God for the return of Bellingham, thank God for the return of Ceballos. Thank God that Rodrigo is looking great right now. And three points, a W, Real Madrid win. Let's break it down. Matt, welcome, man. How you doing? Hey, Kian, doing well. Yeah, it's nice to keep the momentum going. Usually after the international break, we kind of slow starters. We drop points, uh, particularly if Barcelona drops points. But once we took advantage of it, we kept the good momentum going. Rodrigo has finally found the goals um, and it's, it's a nice feeling to see him playing so well. And um, even with all the injuries, there were some, I found some interesting tactical adjustments that Carlo made throughout the match. And so I think uh, all in all, this was obviously a good performance and a team we should definitely be beating, but it's never, it's never that simple. So uh, I'm I'm glad we got the three, nothing victory. Yeah. I was going to say, if you're making a checklist of the possibilities of a trap game right off the bat, you had, the international break, coming back from it, and also Barca drop points. When Barca drop points, it's not usually a good omen for us because it means we drop points too, but really solid performance. And I'm interested to hear your tactical wrinkles that you noted and you picked up on because I thought Ancelotti got this right. I mean, half the team is injured. It's not easy kind of throwing out uh, a team that gives you the defense that you lose without Chumeni and Kamavinga and also gives you the offense that you lose without Vinicius Jr., 
and not having a striker other than Hozulu in the squad. So what did you pick up on? I'm curious because you had Fede Modric and Cruz in midfield, Jude at the top of the diamond, and then Rodrigo Hozulu up top. Did you see it as a kind of normal diamond or was it a little bit different than usual? It was a little bit different, and I think the team picked itself given the injuries. Um, but <clears throat> the way Ancelotti set up the personnel is a little bit different than we've seen. I think we started the year with kind of the prototypical diamond. We've seen that shift to more of a four-four-two with the right midfielder and the left midfielder being kind of interior advanced number eights when we have the ball. Uh, defensively, just a flat four-four-two. But then tonight. I think for the most part, we saw a 4 2 3 1. Um, and Cruz and Fede were the double pivot. Bellingham was the clear number 10. Um, and then uh, Rodrigo was a clear left winger, which I thought was um, a surprising new input into this system. And then the right wing role kind of, it, it's it's that rotating, it's that flotate, it's floating ro- rotating role where sometimes it's Fede, sometimes it's Maldridge, sometimes it's Carvajal. Um, it's kind of asymmetri- asymmetrical and not necessarily a balanced four-two-three-one at all times. But um, I found it interesting that that Ancelotti opted for that. And honestly, I think it was the right move on the night. And it, it definitely got the best out of Rodrigo. I thought it got the best out of Bellingham. Um, and I think I want to give kudos to Fede Valverde because no matter where we put him this season, he does a phenomenal job. And even in a double pivot. He was spectacular. I think um, he covered for Cruz really well. He covered for Modric, for Carvajal. Um, he even played like that hybrid right wing role at times. And he was just kind of everywhere. Um, I thought Cruz had some moments where you're like, oh, this is why we don't like Cruz in the double pivot because he doesn't track his runner and Cadiz get free headers in the box. But other than that, um, I liked this adjustment from Carlo, and I really liked the tactical just overall on the season. I really liked um, what Carlo has done uh, tactically for the most part. Yeah, I liked I liked it too. Um, I agree with you 100% on Fede Valverde. I thought he was awesome, and he had a quieter game. Like the heading is Bellingham. It's It goes Rodrigo and Bellingham, and I think the subheading is Fede. Maybe even Carvajal, but Fede in particular, I thought did some great work because he usually you're kind of used to Fede Valverde driving the ball forward, getting involved in the right wing, making runs in the right half space, getting involved in the attack. Today, it was a little bit more conservative from him by design because Carlo, you know, lost his number one and number two best defensive midfielders. He did say in the pregame press conference that Fede can play as DM, which I don't. It's not that I disagree. It's that we've almost never have seen it. And the couple times we have seen it, it, it hasn't been great with him there. And so I don't know if I necessarily agree or disagree with that statement. Um, but I do think he can play DM if it's a double pivot. So if you're putting him in a double pivot, I think it works. It made sense. So he was a little bit more conservative in his role today. And, and you saw it. I mean, uh, I think it was the third goal, right? Let me see. Uh pretty sure it was the third goal why did my where's my notes tab there it is um the second goal sorry Fetty wins the ball like really well deep in our half and that's eventually what leads to Rodrigo's second goal I thought he did a lot of good defensive work deep 
so like the rights, and it's funny because the right side won't get many plotouts in this game because it was virtually non-existent offensively because Fede was playing deeper. Carvajal was actually playing as a right winger. Our, our wingers today were Rodrigo on the left, Carvajal on the right. That's how it was designed to provide some kind of symmetry. And the fact that we knew, Carlo knew we were going into this game without any presence on the right wing. So it was going to be very left happy. Even Khosrow was mostly on the left side. Um, but I thought our right side was underrated in that sense. I thought Carvajal fought really well. Fede did a lot of good defensive work. And our left side was obviously very very efficient uh, with Jude roaming there a lot. Rodrigo cooked. And yeah, Jose Luis had some interesting moments, we'll put it that way, which which we'll get into. But I, I liked it too. I, I liked the double pivot. Yeah, and I think one other thing on Fede Valverde and another kind of tip of the hat to Carlo Ancelotti is this is something we've seen all season where um, – you mentioned Carvajal goes as a right winger. Well, Fede basically sits in that uh, deeper right back, almost like a right back position. He's there for the, it, it makes the best of his abilities because one, he's there for the counter press. He's fast enough to track anything down that comes out in transition. Um, and then three, if he does pick up the ball, he usually has plenty of space and plenty of field in front of him. It's not like his back is to goal or anything where he can, do his unbelievable line break, line breaking dribbling and ball carrying. And so I think I really, really have liked that kind of new tactical wrinkle that Carlo introduced this season. Um, and we see it basically every game now. And it's, I think it's gotten not only the best out of Fede, but gotten the best out of Carvajal. Um, and so I, I, I think that's um, another thing like kudos to, to Ancelotti. Yeah. Carvajal himself like was in, a bunch of great counter-pressing positions, and he did really well to just hound caddies, make sure they don't break, and actually prevented a lot of caddies' attacks that way, and also worked hard to track as well. So, uh, you know, Carvajal's been great this season. It continues today. Um, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. <clears throat> uh, Modric, by the way, who I thought had a good game. I, I really like Modric, Modric's performance today. Has a uh, an overload on his... Ischium, is that how you say it? It's that's the that's the uh, word, <laughs> word Carlo Ancelotti used in the press conference, and it's the um, the hip bone. So, mm. just like we needed like another something. Uh, so maybe towards the end of the podcast, we can talk about like what rotations look like in the Napoli game if there's any players left to play in that game. Yeah, uh, Rodrigo, man, I mean. I don't think there's been anyone in in the world, apart from Ancelotti and Rodrigo themselves, that have championed the Rodrigo cause as much as you have, uh, even during his slump. Was this like a proud moment for you? Yeah, the la- it definitely was. In the last few games, even, I mean, look at the last three games. He has nine goal contributions. I think it's five goals, four assists in the last three games. Um, this is, yeah, I've... I I appreciate you <laughs> appreciate you saying that because it is something like I've been kind of banging on the drum about is like it will come it will come it will come like everything is there he's doing all the things right it's just there's a little he's definitely he was shy on confidence in front of goal it just wasn't going his way and we talked about it. I remember we talked about it on the podcast saying like hey he just needs one game where he scores a couple or or two or three and then it'll start to roll and and that's exactly what's happened so uh, long may that continue. Long may that uh, hopefully kind of reset his season for the rest of the season. I think if he can get up to 10 goals by 
end of December. Like that's right where we want him to be. Um, and, and I think he can kick on in the second half of the season. So, um, yeah, just, he was, he got to play in a more traditional left, left winger role today. And I mean, everything he did, he was gliding past the opponents left and right. His quick little touches, his close control. Um, I'm actually doing the player ratings now and uh, the pitcher, I, I wanted to select a pitcher of Rodrigo and the one I found of him. It's so interesting because like he's dribbling, he's about to take on Javi Hernandez and his head is like, he's looking up. Like he's not looking at the ball at all. Like, I think that's kind of an underrated factor to um, how good he is with the ball, at his feet, like he's scanning and looking up the whole time um, and yet can still be so smooth on the ball. Um, and so I think um, he was just, man, what a performance. Really, really happy for him. And hopefully this long may continue. Well, sometimes we forget that he is literally one of the best dribblers in the world. Like he's, I would put him in the top five. The only reason yeah. he didn't hit Vinicius numbers in, in terms of six uh, overall successful take-ons is because he played slightly less than, than him last season. But if you look at a per 90, he is pretty much toe-to-toe with anyone in the world when it comes to dribbling. And I think there's a, just some kind of wizardry with him in very tight spaces that he just knows. Like it's not luck. Like when he, get, when he gets past like three players who are hounding him, when he breaks lines, carries the ball through traffic, he has to go through multiple players. There's a skill to it. He knows where to drop his shoulder. He knows where to cut, you know, shimmy one way, go the other, step over is everything. Like he's, I mean, the, you can, if you want, call it lucky that the ball ended up at his feet after that nutmeg. But I mean, that's just, that's just a player in his element. Uh, there's a slow-mo replay that managing, which I posted on Twitter of the goal, the first goal. And you can tell like, it's so like, he knows the nutmeg is there. He just uses the outside of his boot his right foot to just poke it through the defender's legs and then comes out the other side with it. And obviously, of course, the, the, the goal is insane. The finish is insane. And then the second goal, um, more of the same, great dribbling. The third goal, he didn't score it, but, I mean, it was his dribbling again to set up Jude Bellingham. So, I mean, 10 out of 10 from Rodrigo tonight, fantastic. Jude also, um, the thing with Jude, Matt, you think, and, and I, I mean, I feel like I haven't spoken to you in a long time now that I think about it. I think about all the things I've said in the podcast and like, like I said this, this, and like I, t- I said this before the game and you weren't there. That like, I was curious to know, and again, just to preface it, I'm really thankful this schedule, this is the part of the schedule we lost half our team. God willing, this, you know, knock on wood, once this, schedule this part of the schedule is over we can regain most of our players and be relatively injury free ideally injury free for the rest of the season but like the just the tug of war of or bellingham plays because you all of a sudden you lose the defensive tracking of kamavinga and too many you lose the attacking impetus of vinicius and we weren't sure what rodrigo's state was going to be like because of his knee and like and I saw it today. I felt like because you need Jude to play defense, you need him to attack. And there were sequences in this game where he's dropping deep to help Mendy escape pressure, like deep in our own half. And seconds later, he has the ball in the box. And like you can see like where he's needed, and it's basically everywhere. And I just like obviously like I think if you put that kind of burden on anyone, it's probably Jude who can handle it. 
And uh, that's again, it's not to say that like uh, I I, I am worried kind of on on the toll it will take over the course of the season, I suppose. But it's this. I'm reason. I'm the reason I'm saying this is more not about that, but more just that it makes what he's doing even more impressive. Like the finish today, fantastic. All of his defensive work today, fantastic. His play in the build-up phase. You even look at Rodrigo's first goal. It's brilliant individual play from Rodrigo because initially you're like, oh, Jude Bellingham got an assist for that. You know, well, well, great assist. I mean, Rodrigo did everything. But actually, like Bellingham's ball progression in that play was amazing just to get us the ball in the box. I, so I, I just wanted to get your two cents on that. And like, where is he needed the most? I guess you just p- keep him here. But what were your thoughts? I completely agree with you. I think even on the ESPN feed that I was listening to with Derek Ray, they there was that one moment where he tracks all the way back on the left, uh, down the left channel uh, to make a crunching slide tackle, which was clean, got 100% of the ball. Um, and they're like, he's the most expensive player on this field he doesn't have to do that but that's what he does yeah he he makes those challenges he puts in the effort he puts in the work like you said and we've talked about it at the beginning of the season is this sustainable over the course of a full season just the amount of work he puts into a single game um that's that's where carlo has to just make sure that he gives him the adequate amount of rest um but it's incredible. And I even, uh, I think I saw a thing where Harry Kane was kind of building. They asked him to build his perfect striker. Yeah, he and put Jude he, there. Yeah, he put Jude for work tricks, ethic. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, and it, it just like, I think that's a huge testament to, to Jude Bellingham and, and just what he brings to a game and the amount of sprints and just effort and energy he provides. And he's everywhere and he does a little bit of everything. And even in that tackle, I was like, yeah, that's, that's the English mentality in him. That's like that. He's got that little bit of something extra there where he wants to get stuck in. And, um, and then he still has that Zidane-esque flair and just kind of gracefulness to his game. And so, um, yeah, I, I thought he was superb. I loved him in the number 10 role. I think that was the best role for him. And I'm glad even despite all the injuries, we're still playing in there. Um, And that he got on the score sheet today. Cause like, that was really his only uh, big chance, right? I can't think of another yeah, I mean, major opportunity. One or two it. shots that I think maybe got blocked, but nothing. I'll check. I'll look it up, though. But, yeah, I think that was it. I mean, he took a clean leg. Are you, are you, like, oddly desensitized to his goals now? Yeah, we are starting. I feel like we are starting to. But I every time he scores, I'm really happy just because I want him to keep this going. Like, I, I just love it. I love the storyline. I, I I think it's insane. And, and the longer it can go, just the happier I am. Uh Oh, he had that. So this showed up as a massive 0. 0.6 on the XG chart. Um, But that 17th minute when Modric crosses with his left foot into the box and Bellingham making the run to get on the end of it. Remember that? Vaguely. He he didn't really connect with it. It kind of yeah. just like went yeah. off his foot. That was a really great chance, but uh, he, he didn't connect that, with hmm? it. What's that? On the XG? They counted that on the XG? 0. 0.6. It's the biggest chance hmm. of the game, actually. Wow. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was... Uh, I thought uh, it was a really great pass from Motors. That's why I remember it so clearly. And it was a great off-ball run from from Bellingham. Um, I really liked Modric 
I kind of, I mean, it, you kind of mentioned at the top of the show the raw mobility of Modric and Bellingham was interesting because they both kind of floated in and around the 10. It's like a double 10 where, like, they kind of just recognize and play off of each other. If, you know, if I'm advanced, um, I, the other one might drop deeper to cover. It's pretty interesting, like, how that functions. I mean, obviously, it's probably not something we'll see much of, although we'll probably see it quite a bit over the next two months, to be honest with you, because of the injuries. But, you know, maybe not something we'll see in the second half of the season because Chiumeni and Kamavinga just don't play that way. Um, but I thought that was interesting. Uh, all right, where do you want to go next? Yeah, I mean, just on Modric quickly, I think he... Uh, I thought first half there was some moments where he had a little bit heavy passes, a little bit heavy touches, and he was kind of blaming his teammates. But second half, I thought he turned it on, especially before he got injured, um, and looked really good. Like you said, like I, the for a midfield that really hasn't played together this season um, in kind of a new system, it really meshed well. And I thought the connection was well, the movement, the interchange of positions, like all that, as you mentioned, was 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 nice to see. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Some Lunin thoughts. The only thing I think he kind of struggled with today was his, his passing, which he's been generally pretty good at. I mean, there was. Cadiz were pressing on goal kicks. I thought Lunin did well, apart from. A turning yeah. point kind of was in this 22nd minute, uh, he gets yelled at by Rudiger for not switching the ball. And instead of switching it the other way to an open man, he puts Rudiger under pressure. And Rudiger has to kick it out of bounds. And then he yells at, at him and Modric is telling him, hey, you should have switched it over there. And he's saying, my bad, my bad. And then after that, he like actually overthought some of his passes. Like there was one time when Rudiger... Uh, was wide open and he just didn't pass to him because he was like thinking like oh maybe I'll get yelled at again I don't know but other than that I should like I should have I shouldn't have led with that but it's more like I wanted to just get get that out of the way because I actually like his ball distribution in general that save he made in the 39th minute was unreal and I'm just kind of surprised why the commentators didn't make a big deal out of it I was like are you guys this is might be the save of the season, or at least like in the highlight really at the end of the season of one of the best saves of the season. I thought it was just like the underreaction to it annoyed me. I thought it was an incredible save. Um, but I don't know if you saw this. The, the talking point is actually this. Carlo said after the game, uh, very frankly and uh, emphatically, like no room for interpretation. When Kepa's back, he's going to start. Um hmm. 
So I, don't, I just wanted to see where you stand on that. Like when, when Kepa comes back, and I think he's going to be back for the Granada game, he's just going to walk back into the starting lineup. Do you? It's kind of a tricky one because I think Lunin has earned himself more than just being like the emergency guy. So, But I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm curious to get your thoughts on it. Yeah, I, if anything, I don't think there's much between Kepa and Lunin. Um, I... I'd like to see a longer sample size with Lunin before I have like my verdict, but these past few games, he looks, he's looked great. Um, and I remember when we tracked him for the loan tracker on, on the games he did actually play. Um, and one of the, I specifically remember one of the interviews with uh, the Leganes goalkeeper coach where he said Lunin is a champions league level uh, goalkeeper. He's got champions league level quality. And um, wasn't so, Leganes the, the team that didn't play him? Yeah, and they didn't play him. But the uh, the goalkeeper coach recognized that <clears throat> they did an interview with him, and he recognized just like how talented he was at that young age. Um, and so, so yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm surprised that um, Carlo was so matter of fact on it. Um, but I wonder. I don't know. I kind of wonder. Did you remember that little like tussle that Lunin had with goalkeeper coach in preseason? No. Uh, with Luis Lopez, there was like some video that came out where Lunin like was arguing with uh the with Luis Lopez, the Real Madrid goalkeeper coach, and I don't know. I wonder if there's like maybe something with an attitude oh, you think there's type some... thing. I don't want to. I don't want to characterize him or kind of do anything like that, but. Um, I don't know. It just seems weird that Ancelotti is so matter of fact about it. Interesting. I don't know. I just feel like um, I, I really I felt comfortable with Lunin so far. Yeah. Um, in these in these games that and and Kepa, I'm just kind of like Kepa can have some incredible reflexes and make some incredible saves, but there's part of me that sometimes just feels a little bit in, un, uneasy, you know, with some of his distribution. Maybe if he's trying to claim a cross, I'm like, oh, man. Yeah. You know, just wanted to point that out. Um, would you say this is kind of like a weird game in the sense that it was 3-0, moments of brilliance that were really fun to watch, but then kind of had a lot of boring spurts without much to talk about? Well, I was actually pretty surprised at um, how open the game was at times. And yeah. um, like Tati's usually just kind of set up shop against us and it's so difficult to break down. But there were plenty of transition moments, plenty of times where the game got a little bit stretched. Yeah. Um, even with their back five, I mean, I think we were able to, to create opportunities and find a way. And it never, I don't know about for you, but it never felt like this game, even when it was still zero zero or one nothing, like it never felt like this game was in doubt for us. Um we felt yeah. in control. Um Cadiz really only created danger through set pieces or a kind of a cross for the late header that we talked about with no one tracking. Um but other than that, like we didn't have much. I thought um I find it interesting how I forgot that Cadiz has Victor Chust and Javi Hernandez, both former uh, Real Madrid center backs, Castilla center backs, who both made their debuts with the first team. Obviously, uh, Nacho's brother, Alex Fernandez, is, is the captain, former Madrid guy as well. Um, A couple and, of villains, too. Juan Cala, yeah. uh, Ivan Alejo. 
Alejo, yeah, when he came on. Um, yeah, they, uh, they're an interesting team. I thought Ruben Alcarez actually had a, a decent game. He somehow got away with just all every time Carvalho touched him, it was apparently a foul, which Carvalho, Carvalho cracks me up when he like tries to restrain himself and like beats the ground and like is so pissed off when he gets a, a foul called against him. I, I can kind of sympathize with him there, but it's, it's hilarious. Um, but yeah, I mean, other like they really didn't test us. Robert Navarro, who's uh, the kid from Real Sociedad, who's kind of tipped for big things. I didn't think he did much. Um, Roger Marti, who's been a La Liga veteran for for so long, usually played for Levante. Um, I thought he was the only one that maybe caused a little bit of trouble, but Nacho really handled him well. Um, and Nacho, once again, stepping in to fill a void in the defense and like nothing ever happened. Um, and I think Rudiger, um, you mentioned it earlier, but Rudiger's just, again, quietly been so, so consistent this year. I was worried last year after the first half of the season that, man, this guy is just not going to fit Real Madrid. Like he's, he looks like he is just a back three, Tuchel type player. Tuchel got the best out of him. Like he's not going to get, it's not going to be the same at Real Madrid, but he's really not only adapted to um, a back four, but he predominantly plays on the right-hand side where he used to play on the left-hand side. Yeah. Um, the exact so place think, that you would everyone was skeptical about. Like, what if we have to play four four two when he has to play on the right? Yeah, yeah, he's been great. Yeah, he's been great. Um, and I think uh, we've been pleasantly surprised by by Rudiger. Yeah, um, Rudiger was great. I I think, and 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 your point about the open game. I think the the early goal we scored helped a little bit with making sure Cadiz don't go in this really. <sighs> Uh, disgusting low block. So that was great for at least entertainment value and also our chances of, of winning. I, and just to harp on again, I'm really thankful for this schedule being what it is for the next stretch. Even that Napoli game is not important, even though it's a big team visiting the Bernabeu. When you see some of the sequences that Cadiz gave us trouble in, they're all the same. And, and they involve either set pieces, which we'll struggle with against any team. They'll probably, like, I think you and I, if, we, if it was like two versus 11 versus Real Madrid, and one of us were, was hitting set pieces, I think one of, the other one would get a free header. I think I would like, <laughs> I, I think I'm very confident of our chances in that situation. So there was that. And then there was just the tracking runners, which, of course, like, not to excuse it. But I kind of expected that to be the case without Chumani and Kamavinga, and I expected to be the case for the next two months. So better teams than Cadiz would have given us more problems, obviously. But again, th- this this schedule being what it is, is we have to be at least thankful for that. Um, the subs got a nice cameo from Gonzalo Garcia, Nico Paz also getting in on the action. Sabios returns. Do you have anything on on the subs? Um, really happy to see some of the kids get a chance. Um, I obviously game was over and they didn't have too many touches when they came on. Um, but Danny Ceballos in particular, I've always had a soft spot for Ceballos. I thought he played uh, honestly tremendously well, uh, since returning from Arsenal, both that second half of the year after his injury, when Carlo first, um, that his first season back and then, um, last year as well just he turned it on last year especially anytime he was given the chance think of that Copa del Rey game where he just 
completely turned the tide against Villarreal. Um, he's I'm happy to see him back. Hopefully he can stay fit and, and start entering this midfield rotation. We, we especially need him now with Modric going down. Um, so it's been a good opportunity for him. I think this is that moment. Like this is the moment in the season where people have to step up and it's, you've used the phrase before, uh, Kian, I think it comes from basketball is like next man up. And that's kind of where we're at right now. And I think it's going to be an opportunity where guys can take advantage of a new role. I think Ceballos is going to be one of those who's really going to benefit. And it's a shame Arda Guler is out at this time because I think it would have been a great opportunity. Uh, I forgot for to list him when I made my <laughs> list of injuries. Yeah, I think it would have been a great opportunity for him at this time to like really get some substantial minutes uh, under his belt and like carve out a role given all the injuries. But it wasn't meant to be. And maybe it'll be for guys like Nico Pass and Gonzalo. And uh, we'll see how many how many minutes they actually get over the course of this stretch. But um, definitely happy to happy to see all those guys kind of get on the field. Yeah, I was looking at that at halftime. I was looking at the <coughs> list of subs. And I was thinking, like, okay, I feel pretty good about, about this. I, I, I saw Ceballos as an obvious sub, probably Lucas Vasquez, too. I was like, I wonder if we'll get a Gonzalo Garcia appearance. Uh, and I'm really happy we did. I mean, there wasn't much else to choose from. So that worked in his favor. But it, I'm, I'm, I'm always, like, just kind of happy when... These these games where we have a big lead and we get to take off our best players like Rodrigo and Bellingham, etc. Uh, and then we get to introduce the kids. Uh, I always have... It's, like it's a happy Sunday for me when, when that happens. And yeah. uh, I mean, the, the end of the game was quite chaotic. It was basically... I mean, Fran Garcia came in. There was like six Real Madrid players in the offensive yeah. end. Like I lost track of who came in. Vasquez, uh, Garcia, Ceballos, Fran Garcia. These guys are all trying to get on the score sheet. No one's defending. So it's like six yeah. Real Madrid players in Cadiz's third, losing the ball. And then Cadiz have a counterattack. Uh, Lunin did make a, a, another nice save late. Yeah, he did. From yeah. one of those Cadiz transition attacks. But at that point, the game was so over. I mean, Cadiz had left the stadium, all the fans as well. So, yeah. So, um <clears throat> Let's zoom out for a second and just kind of put yourself back in your shoes at the start of the season where we don't sign a number nine. It's the end of the transfer window. We have limited. Most people would say we're not going to score many goals. We had limited resources like Carlo Ancelotti is going to have to be a miracle worker. Right now we're top of La Liga. We've scored the most goals in La Liga. We had the best defense in La Liga. We had the Pachichi. We're top of the group in the UCL, and we've qual- already qualified for the round of 16. What, what's that? What would you tell yourself at the the preseason, you, having having seen all this? Uh, and uh, something that I, I think would have had to have been in, informed, we would have had to also have been informed that half the team is missing on top of that. Yeah. Like, Vinicius is, like, okay, like, it's Vinicius. Yeah, Vinicius and, and Rodrigo didn't get going and they're yeah. injured half the time. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I like, if if I didn't know about the injuries and I you had told me we would be in this position, I would have assumed that, like, Vinny has 10, Rodrigo, Rodrigo has 10, Jude has 10 at this point. Like, everyone's shipping in. I would not have expected that Jude has, what is it, 14 now? 14. Uh, and that Vinny barely can play because of his health and Rodrigo was in a huge slump. I would not have expected that. So I would say the miracle 
job has been done by Carlo up until now. So, I thought, yeah, I, thought I think it's, it's impressive. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the big question, and this is something I posed to Ruben, like, back in the summer, is like, and by I the think way, we people are asking, where's the big picture podcast? <laughs> we, yeah, we got to get that back going. Yeah. Um, this is something I posed to him um, in the summer and said, like, I'm genuinely curious, and he he kind of felt the same way. Genuine, genuinely curious as to what a third season with Carlo Ancelotti looks like, because we've never had it. We always had the two, and we've never and they were the both seasons were kind of similar to each other, um, both ten years. So, yeah. what does a third Carlo Ancelotti season look like? And obviously, um, he's had to deal with some handicaps and some <laughs> bogeys coming his way, but so far so good. And honestly, if you ask me, like, let's say Xabi Alonso doesn't want to leave Leverkusen just yet because he is a guy that has put kind of very specific plans in place in terms of his coaching steps. Um, and so I could see it being very realistic that he's not quite ready. Maybe he wants to continue to build on what he's done at Bayern Leverkusen or maybe take another step before Real Madrid, whatever it is. But if that's the case... And even, I mean, I don't think Carlo is the second or third best manager in our entire history. I'm giving him that renewal as soon as possible, if that's the case. I think even if Chabi Alonso wants to come, he may not be able to. Yeah, and I think it may not, I think it may be warranted for Carlo. Like as much as some people may think that's short term, I think the Chabi Alonso train will come back. Okay, so I don't I don't want to lose out on Chabi Alonso, uh, but I just I I have been saying this all season. Like, why are you guys pretending that Carlo has already taken the Brazil job when he hasn't? Yeah. Like, there's very it's very realistic, unless the season is a complete disaster by the end of it. Like, we lose La Liga, like it's like a we just collapse, fall apart. Round of sixteen come like we get knocked out. Round of sixteen, we don't know who yeah. we're playing yet. Yeah. Unless that happens, uh like he has a pretty long leash. Yeah. Um but if you're if you're looking at like another like, you know, let's say a La Liga triumph and a Champions League semifinal elimination or a quarterfinal elimination, I think he stays. Yeah, and I, I think given everything, especially the context of this season, it, it's it's warranted. Um so yeah, we'll we'll see. I mean that's one to watch, but I just think sometimes it goes to your point, like I think sometimes it's just assumed that Carlos not staying, and that, um, and that he doesn't necessarily get credit for everything he's done. And we've been equally as critical of Carlo in the past, especially in that January February time frame when we typically see the dip. And like, remember, I think it was last year, or maybe the year prior, when the team just looked atrocious in the Spanish Super Cup. Um, There's been plenty. And, I mean, I mean, even, yeah. even this season, the, the or the four nothing Clasico. Yeah, I mean, even this season, the decision to bench two men against Atletico and then yeah. uh, not starting Kamavinga in Clasico, um, and then obviously Some he came in and just completely changed the games game. too. Yeah. yeah. It's not But perfect. no coach, yeah, no coach is ever going to be perfect. Like, if I've learned anything over my my time watching this, this club and this team is like, no matter how much you like a certain coach, whether it be Zidane, Carlo Ancelotti, whoever it is, Jose Mourinho, they're all going to do things that you don't agree with. Like you're always going to find yourself in 
those types of situations. And it may go on for a couple months. It may go on, it may be like a reoccurring pattern that you really disagree with. But if you zoom out and look at the overall picture, are you happy with, with this manager? I think is the question you got to ask yourself because that's, you're always going to nitpick certain things with any manager, Xabi Alonso, whoever it is. You're always going to nitpick things. The guy who brought us La Decima and then brought us arguably the most epic Champions League title we've ever had. I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, th- that's yeah. the zoomed out version of this. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, all right. So we're at like 45 minutes or so here. Do you do you have anything else? Um. The only things coming through my mind are Rodrigo's goals. Um, oh, I have I, something. Yeah. What is uh, going through Joselu's head on leaving the... I mean, we all know what was going through his head. He thought he was offside, so he left it. Yeah. But I don't think I've ever seen someone not take the chance, at least. Like, yeah. you got to at least try and then let... Bar I think decide. he thought Rodrigo was going to try and dribble the goalkeeper, but it was clear enough that like Rodrigo was passing that and not taking a big touch. It was very clear. Um, yeah, yeah, it was clear. And Josolu was um, onside, right? Like the replay know. showed him onside. I don't know. I didn't see. I didn't look back at it. Pretty sure he was. Enough. But but yeah, that was. I mean, Rodrigo could have had another assist or another goal there, um, and Josolu could have get gotten on the score sheet. I just, um, Jose, like he has some nice link up, especially you can sit, tell him and Bellingham have a good connection. Um, and obviously Simeone's called that out before and they call each other Crouchy and Defoe. Um, I don't know if you knew that they call each other Crouchy and Defoe. Um, and so they have a good, good connection. I just, I still think obviously we know what Jose Lulu is. Um, there's some limitations to his game. And, um, if I had the option to have someone else in there, I probably would, but, um, I think tonight he he was fine. Like he definitely wasn't uh, one of the standouts, but he he did enough to kind of enough link up play, enough getting in the box that um, he wasn't like a detriment to the team or anything. Yeah, um, I mean we had the luxury of a brain fart like that in this game. <laughs> yeah, and that Another... would have been the biggest XG opportunity if it. If he actually touched it, yeah, I didn't. Shot. I mean, obviously, no shot was even registered. I mean, yeah. that's the that's the one I would like. Sometimes I would, I think, XG should revise it so that those chances do show up yeah. on the XG chart. Yeah. But I don't know how, how would you, you would. How would you measure it though? I don't know, like goal scoring position. I don't know. Yeah. But like, yeah. it only counts shots. I mean, yeah. you have other ways, kind of like to talk about field tilt, like. But that's more of a general thing and not like a, a specific chance to measure. So yeah, I don't, that's yeah. the one one thing about actually I think should be I somehow agree. revised. I agree. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, <clears throat> okay. Well, one, uh, one, one other... I think individual we didn't talk about is Ferland Mendy. What'd you make of his performance? It was okay. I mean, yeah, kind of the same as it's been. Nothing offensively, defensively. He was 
okay. I mean, he that got megged that one that, time. That that he was a 32 30 second minute he gets megged. Uh and then takes the yellow card. I feel like the 2021 version of Mendy wins that duel. Yeah. Yeah. Because just because like the 2021 version of Mendy like never ever got beat like it was like a hundred percent he's winning the ball yeah. every time this one it yeah. was like he's kind of unsure of his defensive stance looks a step a little bit he just wasn't bad it just wasn't you know it was okay yeah I thought I wrote about the Valencia I wrote I wrote a few observations on Brahim Kamavinga Vinicius Rudiger and Mendy it's on the website people can go read it also on the website right now. Um, there's a couple things, big pieces that, and also Sid did a really great, uh, long form tactical, analytical, visual article as well. Um, so you guys should go read that. But, uh, what I wrote about Mendy was like that Valencia game was a little bit encouraging. It was better, but it was still like, I, it was, it wasn't as good as I thought. Cause I went back and I rewatched and there were a couple of weird Mendy moments in that one too. Like, even like, even though it was a step in the right direction for me, it still wasn't like the the Mendy of two years ago. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, I just wanted to, uh, say, say something really quick. Cause a lot of people ask, like, how do we meet the managing Madrid, uh, people before visiting Madrid and going, going to the games? Uh, if you guys are interested, um, a couple hours before the Napoli game, I'll be interviewing fans outside the stadium. So, if you're just walking around, you're going to the game, you can catch me that way. Just just don't be shy, approach and introduce yourself. That That's one way to do it uh, on this coming week specifically. Uh, and I'm going to do some shout outs as well, Matt. Did you have anything before I do that? Like uh, anything no. about like plugs or like you any real deal? Uh, not real deal. Uh, big picture announcements. What's going on with Ruben these days? I don't know. We got we to gotta catch up. I've been uh, just, as you know, kind of all in on the family stuff right now yeah. and then uh thanksgiving uh, you got a baby yeah so i'll have to catch up with him i'm not sure we haven't we haven't spoken in a while all right um if you guys like these podcasts and if you're here um 45 minutes or so after the podcast started it means you do even if you don't want to admit it like deep down in your heart even if you hate us you, you're like if you're still here you kind of like it okay that's that's uh safe to say so if you kind of like it and you want access to more including a big Real Madrid family you can be a part of. You can get access to a ton of bonus shows we do, at least two or three per week over on patreon.com slash managing Madrid for our members. Please join the family. Uh, we'd love to have you. And uh, one fun thing is like you can also join the Zoom calls and have conversations with us virtually face-to-face. So uh, we look forward to seeing you on the inside. So shout out to all of our patrons over on patreon.com slash managing Madrid. Shout out to these patrons specifically who pledge $10 per month or more. And if you pledge $10 uh, per month, you get a specific shout out on the podcast in addition to getting guaranteed responses to your questions and access to everything. So shout out to these $10 plus patrons, Brandon Alvarez, Willie Reed, Will Sousa, Wasim Issam Haddad, Wamik Jamal, Tobias Royal Botcher, Tahmid Kalam, Sushank Damala, Sujaiwani, Somanchu Singh, Sheikh Hatiri, Sergio Arispe, Santos Solorzano, Samuli Justin, Sam Razi, Sai Mohan, Sasi Kumar, Rishi D, Phoenix, Peter Powell, Paulo Fierro, Patrick Diafati, 
Oscar Barrera, Nicholas Moller, Nick Ribeiro, Nelson Masariego, Indaba Labangana, Naveen Babu, Ramesh Babu. Man, I, I'm, I feel like I'm getting better at these name pronunciations. I'm a little proud of myself. Um, where are we at? Daniel Smith, Fabian Moreno, Primo, Ramtin Makhrur, Varun, Bella Chow, Adam Dorsey, Adar Zalukovic, Azaz Hussein, Alex Thyberg, Alexandria McCaskill, Ananya Kumar, Andres Silvestre, Anthony Tharp, Armando L, Armand Gashi, Armash, Arnab Mukherjee, Brandon Stevens, Brandon Powers, Carlos Fuentes, Christian Acosta, Christian Toft, Connor McMorrow, Daniel Williams, Deadpool Lover, Eloy Enriquez, S.A. Davisito, Frederick Sundros, Frederick Antakiro, Gary Kohut, Graham Gerard, Howard Moore, Ian Marley, Jacob P., Jason Fitz, John Fernandez, Jose Cruz, Jose Osorio, Kevin Rivera, Khalfan Alkabi, Kunal Tilakar, Leon Stavernakis, Logan Stahl, Magnus Lex, Martin Ridman, Matthew Atkins, Marin Myrtle, Michael Zinberg, and MJ Diego. Legends, thank you so much. Matt, happy belated Thanksgiving. Hope you and your family are well. Thanks for listening, guys. And we'll catch you uh, Monday. Monday, Lucas and I will be doing LDA Displays. Thanks, Matt. Yep, thanks, guys. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.